Hi, I'm Jake Rahm. We're in Penn Law at the International Women's Human Rights Class, taught by Professor Rangita De Silva Dallas. We're here talking about breaking myths and stereotypes surrounding women's society, specifically using the law as a tool to break down those myths. We're here with Sophia Galkin, who is here to tell us about her experience in a small lobstering community in Maine. Thanks, Jake. I grew up in a small lobstering community on the coast of Maine, and for generations, my family has lobstered in that area. When I started lobstering, I really felt like I was following in my family's footsteps for generations. Lobstering also is just, it carries a lot of cultural significance. Um, It obviously is a huge part of Maine's traditional economy. Um, But more than that, it has this really rich culture, and it has its own superstitions and different principles and customs. But it also is a culture that is traditionally very insular and private and also has historically excluded women. So when I started lobstering, even having the privilege of coming from this long line of lobstermen and emphasis on men, um, having this family connection was only enough to get my foot in the door. I was allowed in the harbor technically, but I wasn't allowed in the community by any meaningful standard. So this was extremely discouraging for me because this is supposed to be part of myself and part of how I grew up, my family history, and my cultural heritage. And all of this was denied to me on the basis of gender. So I really wanted to access this part of my personal history. And more than that, it became so much more than a personal... It became so much more personal because of the discriminatory barriers to entry. So I kept with it, and lobstering for those of you who might not know, is far from glamorous. For the first few months, I woke up every day well before sunrise, cut cowhide and herring to stuff into bait bags, which combined with the smell of the diesel engine and the movement from the waves is just horribly sickening. I held heavy traps, and even with these thick rubber gloves, those don't offer any meaningful protection from lobster claws. So Believe me when I say I never wanted to do lobstering for the fun of it, but because lobstering meant so much to me, given my background, but also because lobstering took on this new meaning as a way to challenge gender norms and stereotypes, I could not get enough of it. Every day became an opportunity to prove these lobstermen wrong on an individual level. And to get back to your specific question, Jake, the breaking down of gender norms and stereotypes is this slow, arduous process It's hard, it's difficult, we don't do it because it's fun, and it takes so much out of us, but it is incredibly meaningful work, and challenging these norms really, I think, most often occurs incrementally, and so I think, really now that I think of it, it is kind of a lot like lobstering, because it's hard, it's not fun, it is a day-after-day sort of thing, but it is so meaningful, and... Um, So maybe you could uh, talk about what we were talking about prior starting this recording, which was uh, biological essentialism and, you know, the idea that women are naturally X or Y and, you know, if that played at all into your experience. Of course. Um, These ideas are incredibly pervasive. And in my case, it really manifested itself with the typical stereotypes that I've heard my whole life and continue to hear things like women are naturally weaker, women are naturally more emotional, women are naturally, I guess, just more unfit in all of these ways um, to 
be productive members of society. Um, and it really is sending the message that because I was born into a certain kind of body, I'm not allowed to be in certain spaces. I'm not allowed to do certain activities. I'm not worthy of being, of being productive in this way. And so it, of course, influenced my experience because, first of all, I, I have to overcome the usual barriers as well as what is assumed to be this biological barrier. And when I do succeed, when I finally started um, being able to lobster without comments about my inadequacy or things like that, when I finally kind of made it, it's always and kind of still to some degree is, although it it's a work in progress, as I was saying before, um, it's always conceived as over and against my biology, that even as a successful member of the community, it's still otherizing that I overcame my female body instead of I overcame these artificial social barriers and that my body was never the limiting factor to begin with. When it's just one woman, it is still so much progress, but in my experience, when there aren't as many women who are breaking these barriers, it's written off as you're just not like other women, which is just another way to masculinize success. Um, and luckily, I think that even now with my particular community, there are more women um, from when I started when there was zero to now two. And so we are making progress. Um, and so I hope that the more women who who join and are able to to feel welcome and, and push through, um, we can finally just demasculinize success and work. So coming off that experience, you know, we are at Penn Law, we're trying to advocate for change, trying to become better advocates. How do you plan on using that experience that you've had to create social change, either within just the general workplace, specifically within your community, in the larger fishing community, mm-hmm. et cetera? Um, I think it's important to come at these things from a number of different ways. Um, But since we're at the law school, I think what I found would be the most important uh, and most effective way to have more women included is to change or, I guess, lobby to change the laws in Maine um, to, and specifically in this community, which would be a lot easier to make change because it's so small, um, to expand the number of licenses that are given out which is already an issue. It's very tight and restricted. But I think if you open it up to women, and exclusively to women, because I think right now, because now that I'm not there, there's one other woman who's younger than me, and I'm thrilled that she's there kind of carrying the torch. Um, But I do think it would be important to give a space for women um, when right now the waiting list to get a license is entirely male. Um, and is hundreds of people. And so to have this separate pathway um, at a time where right now it already is so clogged up with men um, would, first of all, just give this opportunity, but also, I think, send a really important message that our community will welcome you, sort of, you it, at least the very starting point. You are allowed to have this license, um, and we're encouraging you. And I think that is my... I guess number one idea. And but I could go on. My understanding is that lobstering is a bit of a I don't want to say dying profession, but a dwindling profession in a lot of ways. And do you think that part of that is because of exclusionary hiring practices or uh, just barriers to entry? Um, 
I think that's more because there are huge corporations who are now taking over the mm -hmm. lobstering industry. Um, but part of it is uh, an older generation of people who are doing this. Um, mm -hmm. It is hard to get newer people in the small community. Um, so I think this will remedy that too because you're getting people who are if who don't have another career path right now those are t like typically going to be younger people um so i think this could also solve two problems really yeah it's about creating other avenues that people can exactly yeah